Hey, buddy, it's Rev Yearwood, your host of The Coolest Show. And you're about to listen to the first part of a bundle on the HBC, Historical Black House University's Climate Change Conference. It is an amazing array of speakers. It is just a dialogue you have to listen to. Tell your friends, tell everyone in your community to tune in. But right now, let's get into the content here on The Coolest Show. This is The Coolest Show, brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know, keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know, it's the Hip Hop Caucus. What's going on, y'all? This is Rev Yearwood here at the ninth annual HBCU Climate Change Conference. And we can't talk about HBCU without talking about Morehouse. And so I'm here with Shadid. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you? I am doing good. You know, I think this is, you know, so first, folks need to know about well, first, even if we get to, I want to get to Morehouse. I was going to tell like a Morehouse Howard joke, but, yeah, I, but yeah. I'm going to wait on that one. So I'm wait on that. I'm, I'm being disciplined like in the conversation. But tell them, uh, what do you do at Morehouse? Okay. So, uh, you know, first of all, I appreciate you all having me, right? This is a, a privilege and a pleasure. And uh, I think it's always important for us to get together and have these type discussions. Um, at Morehouse. And telling people who yes, you are. So my name is Shadid Abdul-Salam. Uh, I graduated from Morehouse in 2000. Okay. Um, I, uh, public health chemist by, by, by training. I uh, worked at Center for Disease Control for, for many years in the tobacco space. I was the menthol guru for the U.S. Mm. Uh, prepping Surgeon Generals and others around uh, the chemistry side as well as the public health outward-facing side. Um, and so it was a good experience. But uh, currently, I'm at Morehouse, my alma mater. I started off in the biology department, and now we have launched our Center for Sustainability and Innovation. And with this center... Break that down. So I think it's important for every HBCU so, to have one of those. Absolutely. So first of all, this, this is a major, major move for us. Mm. Um, we've been working in this space for quite a while, but now to come out with an intentional space yeah. because we've been working in this space is, is critical. So sustainability, in short, if I was to distill it down, it would be, you know, what do we need to last a long time? That's right. Right? Then the principles in which we engage, which is circularity, sustainability, recycling, solar, climate action, all these things are just methodologies in how we get there. Mm. Right? And so our goal of our center is to ensure that as an institution, operationally, we are good stewards when it comes down to the environment. We are enacting the best-in-class technologies for our buildings and our infrastructure so that we can last a long time, right, and be good stewards to the environment. And then also academically being able to expose our students in such a way to allow these principles to permeate throughout each department. So, for example, you have ESG, environmental, social, and governance, right? So our business and economics and 
and, and, and our board of trustees is very interested in this piece, right? Making sure they're green investments, um, making sure they're climate policies, um, making sure that, you know, scope one, scope two emissions, um, all the way down to scope three emissions when, we're, when you're dealing with sourcing of items. Um, so it's critical for us. Uh, and then in the, in the sciences as well, making sure it permeates through these spaces. Um, it's something for us. When I look at Morehouse, it's the only all-male HBCU in the United States. Mm. Um, largest producer of African-American male road scholars in the world. Uh, number one feeder for African-American males to Harvard Business School for the last 25 years. And even though we have wonderful institutions like Howard University, mm -hmm. I believe we might be the number one producer of African-American male Grammy award-winning artists. You can say that. I don't think that's true, though. I'm not sure. I don't, <laughs> you don't think, think we got that. I don't think that. You think I'm ready to let's run the list? I, I, I think your facts, you know, no, we, 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 we want your facts to be on point here. Now, this is That's a, right. a facts-driven show That's here, right. so we want, the other ones are good. That's right. You like that one? You got me? The last one, maybe. So I think about where in Louisiana, right? Your home state. Yeah, it is my home state. And I, you know, have, have, have one of our good brothers, PJ Morton, who's also a yeah. house guy, right? And uh, I know he's doing some special things representing not only the state of Louisiana, but, you know, when we go down the, the list of Canton Jones, or if we look at Bruno Mars... And the so you're bringing out a number. You're bringing out names right. here. So, you look okay. out Bruno Mars and the hooligans, and you look in the background and say, oh, those Morehouse guys back there. You look at the Anderson Pot group and say, oh, wow, oh, Jimmy no. King on the trumpet. Morehouse, right? You look at Guru from Gangstar, right? Killer Mike, Polo the Don, Metro Bowman. Yeah. We can run, right? Yeah, no, it's quite a few. It's a good it, list. It just shows that our institutions, Howard, Morehouse, yeah. all the HBCUs, Xavier... Um, they, they produce and contribute so much. The, the challenge is, is that they're completely and, and utterly under-resourced, right? Well, let's get to that part. I think that's the, yeah. so, because this is the thing. We, there is a climate crisis. Absolutely. And our communities are hit first and worst. As a matter of fact, some of the black colleges in Atlanta right. were literally showing themselves underwater in many cases, I right? I was there. Okay. So it's, so it's, it's no longer um, something that is that is five, ten years down the road. It's, it's here now right. on our campuses. Absolutely. In that case, can HBCUs, can schools that are like Morehouse and Spelman be the solution? I think absolutely. You have these institutions that produce so much, mm. but all the HBCUs combined have an endowment of under $2 billion. Yeah. And so here you look at an extreme. We're fighting outside of our class, and we're punching, and we're winning. But what can we do if we didn't have to put more water in the soup, if we didn't have to stretch our resources, mm. if uh, we had opportunities to have you know, zero energy, LEED-certified platinum buildings on campus to teach principles of sustainability to our students so they can innovate, right? Um, I, I think that the sky's the limit. I think that the solutions that can come, I just gave a talk a couple of weeks ago on inclusion. And I was talking to a group of, of all females. They were a group of scholars that did an international fellowship in climate. Mm. And we were just, just talking about inclusion is not about tokenism. It's about getting a group of people who can look at the problem from different angles. That's right. Okay? Harvard Business Review, they, they published an article referencing inclusive groups 
have higher productivity levels when it comes down to economic returns. It's an economic issue. Get a group that can see the problem from different angles, and you'll find yourself in a situation where we'll have a better opportunity to solve the world's problems. But so long, I just, but so, okay. Let's dig deep into that, though. Yeah. All right, let's dig deep. Why does it feel, I, I don't want to not put us in the right area, but why does it feel like we're, eight, and I'm from HBCU as well, yeah. why does it feel like we're late to the game? Oh, man. Because in certain areas, resource-wise, we are mm. late to the game. Mm. Okay? If you look at some of the oldest institutions in the country that were founded, Howard was founded, what, 1867? 18, yep. Right? Morehouse, 1867? That's right. Right? These are just one, two years after emancipation. I say one because we know some people, especially in this area of yeah. the country, they weren't even informed until 1866, right? Yep. So when I look at the resources that other institutions were obtaining, even federally, from that period of time all the way to the desegregation of schools, there's been hundreds of millions of dollars. There's 100 years of a head start. You know, 1965, you still couldn't attend, you know, Emory and University of Georgia, mm -hmm. right? And so that's 100 years from our foundational setup. Mm -hmm. We were founded in the basement of churches and... and yeah, no. So, so, I mean, how can you, you, you... You're not resourced. And then years beyond that, once the schools are integrated... You can't compete, right? You know, it, it's a privilege if somebody has to go and pay full tuition to go to an Xavier or Morehouse or Spelman, but yet now the state schools will offer them, you know, it, it's an economic thing. You can't afford. I, I, I agree. I, I want to I push you on that. I think your role at Morehouse is such an important role because we need other HBCUs to, to move forward. Um, I was told this that for our community, particularly about black, but this is black, brown, indigenous, right. BIPOC communities, um, that our issues, our issues, are in our tissues, right? Our issues are in our tissues. And meaning that we have to deal with so many things. You know what I mean? It's not, and when you're dealing with white supremacy, and you're dealing with uh, police brutality, you're dealing with mental health issues, you're dealing with lack of resources for your, for your public school system, you're dealing, I mean, just on and on and on, right? And you're dealing with the fact that we are dying at the, we're sitting in a hotel that was locked up, that people who were stranded here during Katrina could not get into this hotel. They could. They had to. They were literally dying outside in the street. We're sitting in a place where literally we have. There's so many situations of folks being killed and uh, of you know this. I mean, food deserts or or food scare. I mean, I can go. And they would say our issues are in our tissues. When I ask you the question, not that can be a solution, but do we have the capacity? Absolutely. Do we have the capacity to deal with the complexities of what we need to do to lead our people in this moment with the climate crisis? That's, that's, that's powerful, the statement, and, and it, it gave me chills, right, and, and has my wheels turning, 
right? Because my father used to tell me, he says, the more you do, the more you can do. Hmm. Your capacity increases, right? And in science, you have acid growth hypothesis. You have the whole philosophy of, of, of muscle and breaking down and building up, right? We are extraordinary as a group of people in this country. And this country is made up of a melting pot of, of folks who, who struggle. Hmm. When I think about what you referenced, the first thing that's coming through my mind is when you think of sustainability, right? Right, what, you know, how can you last a long time? The issue is, is that we have been treated in the opposite. If you don't want something to last a long time, it's called disposable. Mm. So if you have a group of people who are disposable, you're going to put them next to the trash in terms of where they live. You're going to feed them things that won't have them last a long time, disposable mm. diets, disposable culture, disposable music, right? Things that don't, you know, and, and, and until you reach a point where you recognize that, okay, what can we do in order for us to provide this solution? Uh, the, the first step to repair things is, you know, they got the statements of reparations on the table. The biggest reparations that needs to occur first is in between the ears of the people, psychologically, mm. right? If you don't help and bring some repair to that space, then when it comes down to the actionable things, they'll just be pulled away easily, right? I, I, I'd love for us to be able to have opportunities like the beautiful Jewish community to have centers in cities like New Orleans and in Florida mm. and in Georgia so people can be educated around the tumult and the oppression. They can be educated around the excellence and the beauty, right? You know, the, the, the group went to the Whitney Plantation today and they can see, you know, I mean, the enslaved built Louisiana. Whitney Plantation's in St. James Parish, <laughs> Louisiana, which was is a plantation. For those who are listening, it's a plantation that is actually, uh, uh, it's now viewed, it's used as a viewpoint from those who were enslaved. So, and, and right there where uh, Angola prison. It's not too, it's, it is too far. too far from Angola. And it's also for those, they are now, we'll, and we'll get to this, the uh, petrochemical facilities and industry is now um, building their plants on former plantation sites. Mm -hmm. hence, why the, hence why that plantation is important. Um, Actually, I want to jump there. So with that being the case, um, what is the Morehouse Center of Sustainability trying to do? Our goal is to build partnerships, coalitions, so that we can be an anchor institution, but then also so that we can be a flagship and a model for how to do this work. Right now, um, you know, the Atlanta University Center with Morehouse College, Spelman College, Clark yeah. Atlanta University, Morehouse School of Medicine, and, and Morse Brown. Um, we're the largest consortium of HBCUs in the country, right? In the city with the busiest airport in the world that's now filming some of the most movies in the world and shaping the culture. Yep. Our goal would be to have a building and a center, a physical structure. That's our goal now, to complete a physical structure for our Center of Sustainability and Innovation. So it can be a, a, a zero energy building. They have one at Georgia Tech. 
They do have one at Georgia Tech. Alita, right? Uh, you know, yep. we, we, we need one so that we can come and be able to impart principles and, and do research and, uh, and engage with our student population. I've, I have six students who are on fellowships right now in, in circularity, sustainability, and recycling. This is the first time in the school's history. Wow. Um, That's amazing. It's, it's beautiful. And, and being able to expose these students from multiple majors Right, had some all over the country in summer internships as well, being able to expose them to what problem do you want to solve? And being able to look at principles of, that are going on with these accelerators of, of, of disruption and disrupting the mm -hmm. marketplace and coming up with solutions as, you know, as, a, as a former researcher, that's what we did. We have to pull all these principles yeah. and see how you can address the needs of the community. Does Morehouse have a program, like a, a degree um, granting program on environment? We do not have a degree granting program in the environment. We do have a minor. Does Morehouse want that? We would love that. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, we, we would yeah. love that. And, you know, we, we have a Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. And so, you know, the whole purpose of the center is for us to have these principles permeate through every aspect, through every major in the college. I love so, that. We need so, solutions. Exactly. So we need folks in, in the physics department, yep. right, to utilize detectors and sensors and be able to go to communities and, and, and quantify the amount of carbon sequestration that this particular plan is, taking, is, is doing or, or how much, you know, carbon is being introduced into the environment when they bulldoze down this section of earth to put a warehouse up, right? And so being able to have these, you know, uh, these these partnerships will help us be able to stand this type of work up. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, uh, you know, it's an exciting time. It's, uh, it, it's, it's promising. I look at, you know, uh, our famous alumnus, Dr. Martin Luther King, we say, look, you can't talk the 20th century without mentioning Morehouse. I know that's a real Morehouse thing to say. That's right? a real Morehouse thing right? to say. But, you know, we can't talk about <laughs> civil, but civil rights, right, in terms of the way that he, he helped I thought you were going to sing the school song next. He helps burn, right? I, thought next year, I thought the school song was coming next. You thought that was coming next? I thought. Right? I, thought I hey, figured it was going to stand up. I and, you loved that. We you thought it was going to lock Yeah, I thought that was coming next. Howard's first president, right? Listen. Okay, look. So I'm clear. So, you know, I, I think that a line of justice goes through the institution, right? You know, even, you know, agree or disagree. I have some classmates a year behind me. There was, you know, Sean King. Uh, you know, you got folks like, you know, Spike Lee and Samuel Jackson. And, no, no, you know, no. I no from, I have it's important for us to, we, we need exemplars. We need models. We need model. Did you know Mukasa? Yes. Willie Ricks, Black oh, Power? Absolutely amazing. Yes. I seen him a couple weeks, uh, no, about a couple months ago. I was doing a feeding in, off the MLK Drive. Yeah. Awesome. He, he's, he's still engaged. Amazing. Uh, so Willie Rex was part of SNCC, right? Yes. And he would be he would be on Morehouse campus. He would probably be one of the like adjunct professors who was Absolutely. like not on the payroll, but he would come in there giving like a, a serious black history. Man. Unbelievable. And he was known is known for the person who phrased black power. Unbelievable. Yeah. Folks, just a little bit of history for folks listening. You know. Yeah. And, uh, Mukasa. Mukasa Dada. He was he he was the man. It yeah. Yeah, no, uh, just one of the... And I, I think that, you know, there's so much connectivity when it comes down to underserved communities, yeah. right? And, and especially communities that, you know, of, of enslaved ancestry. There's so much excellence. And I think that investing 
in this excellence is the greatest investment someone ever can make. I think about, I was at, I was at Howard probably about seven years ago, and I got a chance to sit with uh, Dr. Drew Jarvis mm. and her father, Dr. Charles Drew. Most definitely. Changed the game when it yeah. came down to blood banking. Yeah. Right? And as a scientist, he, these are people we looked up to, right? Uh, you know, Felicia Rashad, uh, you know, they're amazing. Her son graduated with my brother at Morehouse, but her parents were introduced by my grandfather when they were at Howard Dental School, right? Uh-huh. So th- there's so much history and impact from scientists to actors to entertainment and, 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 to d- and discovery that it, to me, it's, it's still a goldmine that is so untapped and under-resourced. Imagine what it would do if it had the resources and also we worked in coalitions to help introduce solutions and you know to, to the institutions i think that um well, well i'm give you a shot speak 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 right now uh got a lot of funders who okay. listen to cooler shows the show uh giving your elevator pitch why should they give money to morehouse office of stability so and what's the future what does the future look like right and 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 funders love to say how do we fund the gaps what gap? What gap are you? What gap are you doing? So, right, so it's funny. Right now, we're in the middle of capital campaign season, okay. right? We're, we're doing an endowment fundraise. We're looking to. We're in a five hundred million dollar endowment, uh, a fundraising campaign, and we are actually about three hundred million in to the five hundred five hundred million. Congrats! Thank you. The goal is, if we reach our five hundred million dollar goal, is to do a, another five hundred million, and utilize that for affordability. Mm. We don't want young men to not have an opportunity to attend institution because of finances, right? Um, and so the goal for the center will be able to bring in the best talent from around the globe, right? We're, we're dealing with a global crisis. We're dealing with global issues, right? If there's pollutants in the water and in the air, it impacts not only us, but all around the world, right? Food supplies, water supplies. Mm. We want to be a part of the solution, and we believe that we have not only the wherewithal, the network, the intelligence, and the relationships for us to do it collectively. And so to be able to, you know, fund the Center for Sustainability and Innovation at a, you know, a, a healthy number, whether it's from, you know, so we can address climate action. This is work that we've been doing for years. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the reason why I left federal government and came back to Morehouse, looking at guys like Surgeon General Satcher, who he was able to launch the health, Center for Health Disparities once he left CDC, right? Mm. So when I left CDC, it, it was time for me to see how can I make an impact that can directly, you know, improve the quality of life for all people. If you mm. address the least of us, you address all of us. That's right. You address human issues, you'll address... African American, Native American, you know, gender, you address human issues. And, and I think that that's something that Dr. King and, and has, has done with his, his vision that he set forth, and we try to stay on that path. And we hope that we get the support. We know that we'll get the support. And I think that it will be something uh, that we all can, can relish in the success of our collective work together. I love it. I love it. Listen, I just got a couple more questions. One question. I know you're from New Jersey. Yes, sir. What part of New Jersey? 
I'm from South Jersey, right there around Kansas, New Jersey. So, South Jersey. So, so we know trash. So you really Philadelphia. You already know. You're, you really, yeah, you got to <laughs> um, it. With, with your name, were you related to Yusuf Salam? Or or there a connection there? There's there's not. So my uh, my family name is a couple different names. Okay, uh, yeah. But uh, my, my folks were originally from the Carolinas. My grandfather left and ran away from the tobacco. Mm -hmm. And they came up to uh, Jersey and Philadelphia area and Jersey area and, and worked in the factories. And he was ended up he was he, he headed the union in Camden, New Jersey. Okay. And uh, you know he went to World War II. Right. He was in Burma. Um, and then my father, his son, he actually uh, joined the civil rights movements when he was in, in college and, and converted to, to Islam. And uh, that's why I get my name. No, that's what's and, up. Uh, so, no, no. You know, that's what's up. Um, one thing I want to say, man, because just to let you know how close this stuff hits to home for me. Man, Folks who don't know, Yusuf Salam was someone who was killed. Oh, yeah. And up in, up in the New York. Yeah. So we'll come back to that, but go ahead. But Yusuf, are you talking about Yusuf from the Central Park? Yeah. Exactly. No, well, that's, that's another. That's another Yusuf. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who's also my frat brother. Absolutely. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Also, your brothers are sick. Brilliant. Absolutely. My brothers. Simmons are good. They're good brothers. We have a guy named. Uh, John Lewis, right? John Lewis as well. Phenomenal. We have a guy at the Hip Hop Caucus, Jarrell. He's an alpha. He's a good guy. Yeah. But not, not a sick. Yeah, he's not a sick one. <laughs> <laughs> so. Is uh, when I think about this this stuff, right? In terms of it, environmental health, sustainability, climate, I think about how close it hits to home, right? Mm. Disparate communities, underserved communities, oftentimes lived in these areas that were that were plagued by this, right? Mm -hmm. So when I look at my own personal family, I have a, you know, a Dr. Bullard, in his uh, uncovering of environmental justice issues. He, he dealt with uh, Vance County, I believe, or Warren County, mm -hmm. North Carolina. Yeah, Warren County, North right? Carolina, yeah. And so, Birthplace of, EJ, of the EJ movement. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that right there, that's so on my mother's side, that's where my grandfather was from. He was born in 1909, right wow. there in that area, right? Died in 88. Um, and so that's where, he, that's where he was born and lived. And then he moved to a small town in Boston called, outside of Boston, called Woburn, Massachusetts. Mm. Right? They did a movie called A Civil Action with John Travolta. It's about polluted waters in the tanneries, and it was a, a, environmental issues, mm -hmm. once again. Right? So here we have from, from Warren County to Woburn, Massachusetts, uh, then Camden, New Jersey. You have the trash to steam plant. You have you know, so much challenge in that area. I think uh, a few months ago, Delaware River is one of the main suppliers of water in the area, and there was a spill. And so there was a huge water issue, right? Because the Delaware River provides water for most of South Jersey and Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about this, all of this work is always very personal to me, mm. right? But it's, it's how can we help improve the conditions for all people? That's right. We have to first be able to kind of engage and acknowledge it. But, you know, glad you mentioned uh, Camden. It's a special place. Yeah. Uh, no, Camden. <laughs> now... Porter's teachers is Trenton, right? That's Trenton. Yeah, but still Jersey. Still Jersey, right there. Yeah. Or Trenton. Wise, intelligent. Wise is my man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love Wise. Wise is a good brother. Um, yeah, no, Wise is good. Actually, who's that? Was but I, listen, I know Camden for folks who play basketball. Basketball. That's what. Yeah, Centerville, the Wagners, the yeah. Wagners. Who y'all got for hip hop? 
Oh man, let me think, brother. You, you, were, you didn't think of no Morehouse. You lifted up the Morehouse. It's gotta be a Morehouse man. It's gotta be a Morehouse man in that list. Because you, you was out there listening off. Morehouse. You remember that from Bruno Mars? That was in my the back. Book. He Hold played. On. He played trumpet <laughs> on the third row. That's a Morehouse man. That's right. He didn't want to go. I was ready. You know, Howard's got some stuff. Though. You was it. ready to lock him up. I was ready. I'm ready. You got. So you got to come over and say, "There you go." So I got you on the in terms of music. Yeah, you that's what we're looking for to talk about. You got me, man. There's a couple guys, they start off there, they don't finish there, yeah. you know? So what happens in, well, they, in Jersey? They're probably playing Philly. You, well, Philly are also, they move around in the South Jersey area. So it. they'll be, uh, you know, Lawnside, Lincoln yeah. Hall, Cherry Hill, Voorhees. Sure, so yeah. even even the... Uh, Atlantic City. Right, newscaster the whole, Jeff Bennett, the whole, the whole all these yet. guys, they all start off there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the city has it's become very blighted, right? And so from an environmental standpoint... It's tough. It's tough. Right, so they're dealing with their own thing, right? And and where you have Camden was one of the least livable cities in the country, and then maybe seven miles up the road you had some of the most livable cities in the country. Well, that smell, right? They, they, right. Because people people drive through Jersey sometimes, they'd be like, oh, "That's a smell of money." And that'd be, it, it would be pollution. Petrochemicals. It, exactly. It's it's PFAS in the water. Yeah. Right. You're, you're dealing with you know warehouse districts, mm -hmm. and you also have the most densely populated state in the country. Yep. And so when you look at these things, as a researcher, these are simulated episodes, okay? You see what happens when populations are in a great expanse. We can also do the same thing we look at Northern California, right? Mm. When land is sparse and costs are high, right? So now you're dealing with, you know, challenges when it comes down to home scarcity, right? And so now you go to places like Georgia where there's land. How can we build more consciously? Right? How can we be more mindful? We don't have to deal with water shortages of California. How can we be more conservative in terms of how we build? How can we implement green roofs right, to reduce you know, the increased carbon you know, being released? Well, you lead to my last question. Yeah. This is actually, I didn't mean to be a tough question, but good. this is my last. Okay, so well, good. Well, you're a Morehouse, my nigga. No, man. I know, I just, I know you got it. I don't that, know. That, it's that, the next I saved that one. No, no, yeah, no, no, you got it. <laughs> But you probably build in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, then I know a lot of, lot, and it's actually shout out to the Morehouse men and the Spelman uh, women um, who were amazing and still amazing on stopping Cop City. And that's tearing down the Willany Forest. Um, what's, what's, what's your, I don't want to go with Morehouse angle. What's your angle? Man, that was, that was, that was, that was big. Um, we, we held a forum on campus and. Well, yes. Bottom line question, should we stop Cop City? So I didn't like the way that it was set up. I didn't, I wasn't a proponent personally. Mm -hmm. um, we had a forum on campus to allow our students to express and they yep. expressed similar. Yep. Um, I had friends that I grew up with in Jersey. One civil rights attorney, Steve Benedetto, um, he, uh, he called me. He was, he's, I'm flying in, talk about this Cop City thing. You know, it's, we, we have to, Reminds me of, I had some young students and they were activists and everything is divest, divest, divest. Mm. And we had a meeting with our president and the students were pitching to him and I had to stop and teach him right there in, in the process of their, their conversation. I says, we don't need to divest. We need to invest. Invest in green infrastructure, mm. right? You know, you have this thing called behavioral science and health education where if you're dealing with stages of change, a lot of times you can't take things away from people. Give them something else. If I want you to stop drinking coffee, right, or stop drinking so much Coca-Cola, mm. I'll say drink more water. The more water you drink gradually and eventually, you'll lighten up on the coffee, mm. right, or on the Coke. 
and, and I think the same thing with, with this thing, right? If we invest in urban agriculture and training programs and green jobs and green reentry, you give people opportunities, I think that you'll see less crime. I think you'll see people who will find their passion, right? Um, I think we need more investment, and that's the goal. That's what we're trying to do at our center. Um, as we can increase this investment, you don't have to worry about being in the reactionary space, but you can be more proactive about how you can help propel the community forward. You want, maybe folks can police themselves a little bit better, mm. you know? Um, I think we all want the same thing. I think we want peace of mind. We want quality life, right? You know, even someone who's bad off, whether it's uh, they're looking for escape and peace. So I think that we have to provide this respite you know, allow people to, to, to experience what the world looks like through a beautiful lens. Mm. And hopefully we can play a role in help building, a, uh, having a, a, a more buildable environment, an intelligent designed campus and a modernized space so that people feel good. Mm. You know, if you don't provide opportunities, if there's trash around them and things that are bombarding them, and like you named all of those things, those tissues and all of these things, right? Yep. Then... That's the lens that you're looking from. If you can talk to someone through the lens of their strength, their resilience, right, their brilliance, and if they actually can work and engage in that, it changes their world. I think if we take more of these kids and expose them around the impact that they have on a global scale. I remember I did my first internship at college in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. You go over there. And as a young African-American kid who's never been to Southeast Asia, mm. you go to the mall and you hear him playing hip-hop, right, in the mall, right? I'm like, hold on, that's Mace, that's Puffy, that's Biggie, right? You realize that, you know, and, and, and you know, they're talking about Muhammad Ali, they know these different things. You realize that the influence from the West reverberates around the world, mm. right? And so if these individuals in these small areas who are engaged with small challenges right? Got an opportunity to see the way that they impacted the world would change their whole perspective, right? I think that, um, you know, the story has been told. They know about the enslaved group, right? They know about this group who are not just ordinary, but extraordinary, who, has, who have been put in positions, who've been disposed of, right? But as we heard, you know, we're seeds. They didn't know we were seeds, right? You dispose of this group, or you try to dispose of this group who has done so much to help impact and elevate the society. And I think that uh, by exposing our students, exposing the community, I think it would change the whole dynamic in, in, in how beautiful they can shape the world. I know we, at the time, yeah. and I know I'm going to ask you a question that is there, but I think it's actually an important question based on what you just said, which was beautiful. Um, what would Morehouse man number one do? What would Martin do to stop Cop City? Hmm. And he was alpha. Good alpha. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> but, uh, no, what would he do? I, I think that we'd have to address the root cause. Hmm. Right? Like, why? Why, why? why would we invest millions of dollars there, but yet you have a kid who's hungry who has to sell water bottles on the street? Yeah. Right? Or they can't get a good meal. You wonder why their psychology is off, but they can't eat. So when we're talking about investing so much, 
and that need to need, need we need some balance, huh. right? Invest in putting a gymnasium, right? That kids can go work out, you know, at mental health centers, counseling centers. These kids now have gone through more trauma with COVID, with social media. You know, they don't talk about suicide rates in, in communities of color. They're at epidemic proportions, mm. right? The amount of trauma is not addressed. Create centers of light, you know, centers to help people address issues that they had. People that were hurt and harmed and never fully given resources to address those needs. I think that's what he would do. Try to address the root cause, speak to the humanity in the people, and try to build bridges instead of walls. Hmm. Try to build as we climb and, you know, embrace, embrace all. You know, it's not a Morehouse thing. It's a human thing. And I oh, think yeah. that's where, you know, Dr. King doesn't belong to us. You know, uh, excellence in the society belongs to all of us. You know, um, I think that, um, you know, all good comes from, from the creator. Yeah. Everything else comes from, from people tainting it themselves, right? So I want us, to, I want us to, to work collectively to see how we can benefit humanity. Yeah. We address humanity. We address all subpopulations. All right. Just uh, how can folks find you and the center? So... Uh, Morehouse website uh, and uh, my email shadid.abdulsalam mm -hmm. at morehouse.edu that's S-H-A-D-E-D A-B-D-U-L S-A-L-A-A-M at morehouse.edu um, and uh, you know we look forward to we welcome they can reach out to the college they you know uh, they can give and the gifts absolutely the Office of Institutional Advancement um mm -hmm. You just tell them you would like to support the Center for Sustainability, sustainability work at Morehouse, sustainability and innovation, and um, our Office of Institutional Advancement. They're, they're wonderful, and they would welcome any gift, any support, any partnership. It's not all about money. Maybe it's opportunities. Yeah. Right? You know, maybe it's discussion. Maybe it's dialogue. So um, any good, we accept it. No. Yeah. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you, man. No. And this is Rev Ewer, your host. Of the coolest show. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.